It is Way of the Warrior, Eric Hulkerin, along with Ken Evans, covering everything in the world of mixed martial arts. This weekend, the biggest UFC pay-per-view of all. Uh, nope, not not at all. UFC 224 is a thing. We'll eventually talk about that. Um, you also have the final round. Remember back in the day when we had like Hotour and the Tito Ortiz, and they were all fighting it, this weekend at UFC would, 224. Stop. And they would give like a name to each pay per view, yep. like undisputed, yes. yeah, in your face, like. like is a thing could be this weekend. Yes. Two twenty four is a thing. It's a thing, uh, and we will talk about that. We will also talk about GSP and Nate Diaz at lightweight, which seems like the craziest thing I've heard this week. And it's is been that a, a real cra- thing? Yes. Uh, and we will talk about the UFC. I feel like you come in here and you just make things up. You just make things up. You want to just Google while I talk? You can fact check I all the stuff I'll that I'm saying? I guess I'll have to because okay. I feel like you're just making things up at this point. And we will start with the fact that the UFC is turning off Fight Pass without telling you they're turning off Fight Pass. You believe they are? Well, I believe their new deal with e- not ESPN, because that would be silly. It's with ESPN+. Plus. Seems a lot like we're getting rid of Fight Pass without telling you to get rid of Fight Pass. Okay, so what we do and do not know at this point, we have an ESPN Plus deal, and Eric said it exactly the way I think a lot of people are not saying it, uh, which is uh, everybody's like, oh, they've got an ESPN deal. There's nothing on ESPN proper with this deal. Am I right? Correct. It is ESPN Plus. And remember, the other half of this that Luke Thomas was talking about and Ariel Hawani was talking about, I believe, I don't want to pass this on to him, is that the other half of this deal ends up with not Fox, but Fox Sports. Now, Mm. I won't get into the math of it, but this week you saw some rumblings with the 21st Century Fox deal with Disney that makes Fox Sports now its own company. So as part of the, the Fox shakeout with all the purchases, all that to say, the TV stuff still should end up on FS1 ish mm-hmm. is my assumption none of that is confirmed what is confirmed is 499 a month to be the flagship sport on an app no one wants yeah we looked at this app a little bit a couple of weeks ago on the show uh, i am a subscriber you're totally cut the cord so it was, we were trying to figure out what i do and don't have access to <laughs> and i don't have access to anything unless i want to pay for it so Correct. if you want some random uh, NHL game or some random baseball game. That's pretty much all the app had. I think this is an interesting move. ESPN's getting a decent amount of content for not too much of a price. I know $150 million is still $150 million. But it's not the 400 they were looking for, right? And even if Right, they, but I'm talking it, about just generating content for this app and sure. to maybe turn around subscribers for $4.99 a month. What you do get is 15 exclusive events on ESPN+. Plus. So if you want to watch 15 events next year, this takes place in 19 next year, they will be exclusive to ESPN+. Plus. If you love the, prede- the uh, not predecessor, the evolution of the Ultimate Fighter in the Contender series, that is also moving to ESPN+. Plus. So you'll have to pay to go see it there. It will no longer be on Fight Pass and then doubled up on... Um, Uh, YouTube. And then the thing that Ken and I were arguing on Twitter about, not arguing amongst at each other, but amongst each other, is that the library of archival footage ends up on ESPN+. That's one of the most interesting things, because uh, for those of you that have followed the show, you know one of the things that I've done is I've, I've had WWE Network since day one up until last week. And one of the main reasons I had that, obviously, was pay-per-views. That's a big one. Uh, another thing that kind of keeps you going there is the archive is so deep and so easy to navigate. Yes. Uh, that is something that I, I asked you. I was like, is this even something we have ever seen on Fight Pass? And you said, essentially, you gave me the answer I needed. 
which may which wasn't actually the answer, but sh- sure, it was the answer I needed. Not in a good way. Like, maybe it's there. Maybe if we keep digging or we know which fighter to look for and that- on UFC 82 back in, you know, 2007, it's- maybe you could find the fight, but there's been no easy way to see archive stuff from the UFC. Correct, and usually when fights are coming around, so, you know, this weekend we've got a huge... Uh, title fight between Nunez and Pennington, they will pull out some fights from the two of them and put them at the top of the screen so you can see that. But to Ken's point, if you're trying to go back and look at UFC 60, which was called Payback, you've got to know a lot of stuff about it to find it in the search, which if you're a fan of user experience, it's a really bad one. And it's been a bad one since they launched. So will ESPN do a better job at it? I hope. But what's crazy about this is all of this would say to me, if I were a Fight Pass subscriber, which I am not, I would have canceled because what is the point? Why would I want to be in that ecosystem? Well, and at this point, too, let's let's start looking at this. And there's a, been a there's only conjecture at this point. What we do have is we we have the announcement. And if you miss the announcement, uh, then you can check that out on our Facebook page or on Twitter. Uh, like you said, it's the uh, non-exclusive access to the archive, uh, which will be very interesting. Um, the UFC branded content, all of that. Um now, here's, here's the one line I thought was interesting. In addition to the live events and content included in the ESPN Plus subscription, fight fans will be able to purchase and watch UFC Fight Pass and UFC pay-per-view events via ESPN Plus. So that was a very weird line to me because I read it just the way you did. Oh, okay, we're, gonna, we're phasing out Fight Pass at some point. But why would they put that line in? Is it just to assuage people and make sure that they're still paying for the fight pass for the next six, seven months before you have to wind it down because it's going to be essentially duplicating ESPN Plus at double the price? So let me grab a pen so we can do some math here, right? So it's is it 14 or 15? You're looking at it. 14 or 15 events? Uh, right now, 15 events. 15 events. UFC on ESPN Plus Fight Night. 15 events. Fight Night is 15 events in 2019 on ESPN Plus. Okay, we got 15. You have 12 pay-per-views that they will be doing next next year at least. Mm-hmm. So now you're to 27 or 28 of the 52. Which already seems like too many. We don't even have our main television events yet. We've got television events, which if there's one a month of those, add another 12. We're now in the neighborhood of 40, which leaves 13 extra events, which would be your... UFC Boca Raton or whatever, right? Right. Like yeah. The random stuff they've been doing on Fight Pass that you wouldn't pay for in the first place. Is that what I'm supposed to keep the subscription for? Because there's 42 to 44 fights of the 50 you're going to do are in the ESPN Plus and the ecosystem I already am using. Well, and and one thing we've seen is that the UFC is good about making sure their partners get value. I mean, yes. as, as much as the Fox deal has been something where you go, man, this is there's a lot of ultimate fighter. There's a lot of look back. There's a lot of knockout. They're generating so much content for Fox that that has been the biggest bugaboo of this whole deal as far as Fox maybe wanting to go with WWE to get the same audience versus UFC is the fact that they've got so much content created. So I would expect UFC on ESPN Plus Fight Nights to have some halfway decent fighters. I mean, we can go back to when UFC launched Fight Pass. Remember when they launched it two months in, if you want to see Anderson Silva fight, that was going to be on e- on Fight Pass. On Fight Pass, yeah. And that was, okay, you know what? Take my $10. I want to see an Anderson Silva fight. Yep. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, a couple of these UFC on ESPN Plus Fight Nights. Jesus Christ. Do I got to say that every time? <laughs> UFC on ESPN Plus Fight Nights. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a decent 
set of fighters, maybe a GSP when he comes back, because there's those rumors flaring up again, as you mentioned earlier. Maybe we get a fight with a guy like Frankie Edgar, a former champion, a per- perennial contender. Maybe if a guy like Uriah Faber, and I'm not saying there's just been comeback rumors here sure. there with him, but maybe if Uriah Faber makes a comeback fight, he does it against a, a, a relatively unknown fighter and does it on UFCN, UFC on ESPN+. Plus. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a couple of those, especially next year as the deal kicks off. There is no doubt, to your point, that they do that better than most, is, is they give up some of their currency in content to their partners to make sure there's value, right? They don't hold all of it for the pay-per-view model, much to the chagrin, especially this weekend, of fight fans. They do a really great job of making sure that they spread the wealth, and they're going to have to spread it between seemingly one other partner outside of ESPN+. Plus. Uh, along with their pay-per-view model, which leaves at most 10 extra events next year, unless they're going to give us more fighting, which no one has asked for. Well, the <laughs> nobody. Yeah, the cookie <laughs> ingredients are no one thin has, as hell. No one has asked for that. So I don't know what this means as far as on TV. Uh, d- is ESPN Plus paying enough money with $150 million to make it worth the UFC's while to not have another TV deal? I doubt it. I really doubt it. And I don't know that, to, you know, to use you as the case study. So, I, again, I apologize for this being the most unscientific thing I'm going to do today is if you're already a cable subscriber, Ken Evans, mm-hmm. and you don't have access to this. Right. The reach of this app is not where they need to go to marketing. The top of the funnel to dump a whole bunch of fans in to push them through to give them $70 for a pay-per-view. Well, you not need, just that. You need mass somewhere. You need mass somewhere, and you also don't have the business in the spot you need it in right now to do that either. Maybe a couple of years ago, hey, you know what? I might see Ronda Rousey. I might see Conor McGregor. John Jones. I might see John Jones. I might see, and let's, okay, those are going to be pretty much almost all pay-per-views, but maybe I'll see who just fought. Maybe I'll see Misha Tate on a UFC on ESPN Plus fight night. Maybe I'll see Daniel Cormier before he made that yep. push past John Z- Jones. Maybe I'll see Stipe as he's going toward the title. You know, that stuff doesn't really exist right now with some of the fighters that they have in the UFC. Dude. We're looking at a co-main event this weekend of Souza Gastelum. Yes, I was just right? going to say, your three fights of note this weekend, pay attention. Nunez and Pennington at the top, Jacare and uh, Gastelum. Calvin Gastelum as your co-main, and Vitor Belfort and Leota Machida, which might be the most interesting fight on the card, still not worth $70, no. and that's your card. Yeah, and the other thing I don't necessarily like, and I, I think the UFC has been doing this more and more, and we saw it with Dan Henderson and Michael Bisping uh, not too long ago, and we're seeing it here and there with some of the older fighters. And, uh, you know, I've really come around a little bit on this because I used to love some of these fights. But as you're looking at the UFC now, and a, a lot of credit to Luke Thomas because I, I remember hearing him talk about this, and he changed my mind a little bit on this. The reason that we're going to fights like Vitor and Lyoto is because guys like Vitor and Lyoto are picking their opponents and they want to fight each other because they're both older guys. When in reality, if you're trying to build the middleweight division, I want to see Kelvin Gastelum knock out Vitor Belfort, the phenom. I want to see him take out one of the old legends. I want to see Jacare take out Lyoto Machida, which I think if you were to make both of those fights and flip these fighters, your picks would be the same as mine in those regards, right? Yes, they would. And not only would... 
not only would we still see all the same fighters on the card, you would then give that push to Kelvin Gastelum if he wants to go into a middleweight title fight. You would give that push to Ronaldo Souza if he wants to go into a middleweight title fight. Now, I think either of these guys winning this fight could put them at the top of that division, but it would feel different and it would certainly help in that casual audience and that building that fighter regard if they would just let them basically you the old guard should be retired by the young guard and that doesn't seem to be happening as often in UFC well and, and just for some context it it did the reason that Kelvin isn't fighting Vitor in a sequel is because Kelvin crushed Vitor in round one and then tested positive for marijuana and got right. it overturned, right? So they're not doing this stuff because, v, to your point, Vitor wants something that's safe and then says things this week which line up perfectly with the insanity of the organization. This is my last fight, but I'm not retiring. <laughs> what? I didn't hear that. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't know. Well, nor does he, right? But again, uh, we're seeing these, and I know you we, you have been a huge fan of these and have just said that you're not so much the fan because well, it doesn't I, it doesn't push the organization forward. Here's the thing. I can be a fan of it in, in, in certain instances. This card, I think, is a glaring example of when not to be a fan of it. Why are these two guys not fighting the other two guys on the card? That doesn't make sense to me if you're moving up and up forward in this division. I mean, you know, Robert Whitaker, we need to find we need to find some guys he can fight essentially at this point. Yep. And yeah, we might get it with the Jacare Gastelum winner, but it's one of those instances where, you know, you still got guys with a lot of star power, and that's why they're putting them in that fight against each other. But that would be a much more effective situation for a guy like Robert Whitaker at some point. You're saying he's he could have never crossed paths with Lyoto or Vitor? Because it didn't happen on his rise to the championship. He's beaten Jacare. Yep. So if Jacare wins that fight, we're going to have a fight that against a guy he's already beaten. Yes. If that is that ends up being the fight. So... You know, the more the more I look at this and the more I, I look at some of these situations, yes, I'm still all in if you're going to give me two legends. If if somehow we make Silva GSP happen, great. But you know why? Because I've already seen Silva get knocked out. I've seen him basically pass his torch along. That's happened in a big way and in a way that was actually a fairly effective for that division uh, for a decent amount of time where, you know, Weidman was the man for a while. Yep. He was the guy that beat Anderson Silva twice. Can't take that away from him no matter what happens now. You know, for some other weight classes, middleweight's one of those that never really happened. That never really happened. And I mean, some of this probably goes back, speaking of him, GSP. You mean welterweight, because that is middleweight. Oh, I'm sorry, middleweight. Uh, wait, so wait, what does he, he want to fight at now? Who, GSP? Yes. Sorry, we're jumping all over the place. I, well, that's because GSP keeps jumping all over the place. He wants to fight in a place he's never fought before at 155. Okay, but he... He won the middleweight belt, and then they had to give the interim to Robert, right? Correct. Okay, this the interim that is now the real one. <laughs> okay. In the show notes, we'll have a flow chart to tell you. This is all... ridiculous. Yeah. This is, he wants to fight at one fifty-five. Right. Anyhow, we'll get to that. I, I so, promise. But looking at this weekend, it, 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 I do, I do believe, I do believe, if you were to take these fights. You could make a much more interesting card if we're seeing Vitor and Kelvin uh, a rematch. Yep. And if you saw Jacare and Machida. I think that's a more interesting card. It's what, Well, it's certainly for Machida and Gastelum. Uh, sorry, for uh, Jacare and Gastelum, it's a more interesting card. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean. Because they both put something in their quiver that. Right, move, a move them forward, and b be a nice resume. Right? Oh, I, for sure, both I beat of them. Machida, I beat Vitor again. Right. Or right? Souza can beat 
yeah, fight Vel- B- Vitor Belfort and be on the same card with another set of middleweights with Gastelum and Machida. I don't yep. even care how you do this. I'm sure some of these fights have happened in a certain way. This fight card, though, just kind of exemplifies when this is a bad idea because I have been a proponent in the past of some of these fights. This is when I look at this fight, and yeah, you know what? I'm kind of curious about Vitor and Machida in this fight, but I, I'm not sure if I'm really that into it at this point. I think I'd much rather see him fighting against maybe, like you said, Gastelum again or or taking on uh, Souza again. I mean, because he, lo- he lost that fight, I know, but it's, that's happened before. It just it just doesn't feel like these guys are really able to kind of notch ahead. Like when, when Jacare beat Vitor Belfort, I believe it was, that was a couple years ago, it didn't feel like he was able to kind of take that next step because the middleweight division was kind of messy Correct. at that point. So... Sure, redo the fight or do something else. Just f- find ways for these older guys to kind of look, put them put them out on losses. Quit put quit putting guys like Vitor in with Nate Marquardt, right? Because that's how he got the win back and basically put himself on another pay per view. Yep. And I'm sorry, at a certain point, I don't want to see these guys anymore. And it's been almost a year since we've seen Vitor fight. When when's the last time we saw Machida fight? It's uh, well, he was knocked out, right? Um, I'll look at that real quick here. Last time we saw him, fight, Eric. Anders, I don't know who that was. He's he's the uh, was the what Oklahoma fullback. Or I have whatever? no idea. I have no idea. Yep, for, former football player for the Crimson Tide. Uh, he played in Alabama. So I mean, that's another thing too. Is look, this is exactly the same. Let me go. Let me go through this because this is making my point uh, better than I could verbalize it before. You had situations where Machida took obviously the loss against Weidman, and then he beat CB Dalloway. Took a loss against Rockhold, Yoel Romero, Derek Brunson. Why is he getting another fight? Why is he getting another fight? I'm not saying you got to fire every guy that loses three fights, but he gets Eric Anders in this headline thing because you know what? Maybe you use Machida to build up other guys, but you clearly didn't expect Eric Anders to put on any type of clinic against a guy who's been running around Brazil for the past 30 years doing BJJ, and it still took him five rounds and a decision to beat that dude, and now he's back on a pay-per-view. Well, he's back on a pay-per-view, and real quickly, not the... Because Vitor wants him on that pay-per-view, and vice versa. Correct, and if you're Eric Anders, you were undefeated, you had won two fights to the UFC, and this is what they do to you. Exactly. In February, right? And February, Lyoto beats you. He's already back at a card. You don't even know who Eric Anders is, Mm -hmm. right? And this undefeated fighter who had a lot of promise and still does have a lot of promise, but you you ruin these things. This is no different than to stay on this card. I'm not a big fan of putting Mackenzie Dern on the main part of this card. I get it. She's going to be huge in Brazil. I get it. But she didn't look that great in fight number one. Right. So you put her again with somebody else that she can shine on, somebody else that she can do jujitsu, which is clearly going to be her strength. And you do that as the lead into the main. You don't put her on the main card. Because what's going to happen is if she loses, now what? Right? Yeah. Now well, what? And, and that's exactly it, I think. And, and he was 10-0, and 0, and I get that going into that fight. But like you said, he only had two UFC fights. I'm not talking about it like that he beat world beaters. I'm like, you have a story here. He's undefeated and has already won two in the UFC. Slow your roll. They can't. They can't afford it. There's too many cookies they have to make. But at 85, no one, like, there's a line of human beings to fight for the title. You don't need this guy in that conversation yet. Just yeah, but you, you need product. 
This yeah. is this haven't played anybody other than Lyoto Machida. Anybody. But they need it, but see that would that goes back to our our. You discussion. need him to headline the card. I get it. You need it. You need a headliner, so you need something feasible there. And that was, I mean, you can tell that story. You can make it feasible, but like you said, you took a guy who was undefeated. You gave him a loss. Uh, not that we're trying to be boxing and keep everybody undefeated. That's not, not the point. No, not what I mean at all. But you did put him in there in a cage with a guy with a lot of UFC experience. And nothing to lose. Exactly. If he gets beat by an undefeated newcomer, that's a great story. If he beats the undefeated newcomer, it's a great story for Lyoto. Mm-hmm. It's a really bad story for Eric. And, you know, again, puts this guy back 12 steps in a division, as you just said, that's super murky. It's murky, and it's a way to clean things. You can clean it up a little bit if you don't do these fights. So I I did notice that on this card. I thought it'd be something interesting to bring up, especially since as I look at this, I go, man, we didn't need this, did we? Nope. We don't. This Belfour Machida fight is not doing anything for anybody. And like you said, he's retiring, but he's not going to stop fighting. I don't know what that means. No, no, no. He's going to stop fighting, not retiring. Well, we've seen that in fights before already from Vitor Belfour. Yes. I think that was the. uh... Well, and, you know, and you've got. (laughs) You've got Amanda Nunes and Raquel Pennington at the top of this card. Nunes is going to storm through Raquel Pennington. It's a really bad matchup. And no offense to Amanda Nunes, she's a great champion at that division. But if I'm speaking as a fan for a second, call me when she's fighting Cyborg. Because right now I don't care. Yeah, Nunez, it's weird too. Nunez seemed like she was just kind of on fire for a bit and it just kind of went down very quickly. Because much much like the division that Rose is in, it's super thin. So once you steamroll everybody, what are you going to do? You need a better story. And you can't, to what you said five minutes ago, as an organization, you cannot afford to have four Demetrius Johnsons, Johnsai, on your roster, right? Johnsai. <laughs> right? Like you can't. I think Peni is the. <laughs> Plural of Johnson. You, you cannot have you can't have four guys on the roster, four fighters on the roster who just want to continuously mop up the division. Well, I think that shows you got thin divisions too. Yeah. Yes, it does. That's that's a Which, problem. If you're DJ, you want him to fight TJ. If you're Amanda, you want her to fight Cyborg or fight Joanna uh, Jinjerchek or something interesting. This is not interesting. And while the rankings, in air quotes. Mm-hmm. say it should be a thing that we're doing it's not a competitive fight it isn't you don't think so no ha who knows i don't know well that part is true <laughs> i just right now don't think it's a competitive fight fair enough all right moving on to the other giant story that ken alluded to earlier uh we have rumblings um that gsp is coming back heard that part we have rumblings that nate diaz wants to come back we've heard that part but somehow they're coming back together in August in L.A. at 155 pounds. Okay. A I weight did... class that George St. Pierre has never fought at. Uh, His last fight was 30 pounds heavier than this. Here's my, well, maybe whatever. What did he have? Diverticulitis, I think. No, colitis. Colitis. Ulcer, ulcerative colitis is what he had. Maybe lost weight. Well, no, he, he did say it was very hard to keep weight on at 85, which that was too heavy for him. Mm. Um. And he also doesn't want to fight Robert Whitaker, mm-hmm. clearly. Oh, yeah. I think, which, again, it goes back to my point. He should be. UFC should be like, if you want to fight in our damn company, yep. you go fight our champ and legitimize him. And if you're better than him, you're better than him. But if you're not, he's legitimate. You can't keep hopping around divisions to avoid tough fights. Right. Again, I, and it's hard. They've got so much product they got to put out, and I guarantee they're going to put this damn thing in Canada. And I love our Canadian listeners. But that, that's the only reason that they're going to still... They're putting it in L.A. Just Are they? Yeah, that's oh, the rumor. It's Diaz. It's okay. L.A. Oh, I, I, 
that's the rumor. I would not be surprised if that ends up in Canada. Okay. Although I think the first fight they had was at the Bell Center. Well, they've never fought. He fought Nick Diaz. This is Nate. Oh, that's right. This is Nate. Nate. Ah, yes, the brothers. Yes, the brothers Diaz. The brothers Diaz. You fight one, you fight them both. You fight them all. You might fight as well. Um, that was Nick, wasn't it? Is Nick coming back? Well, Nick is able to come back, but it okay. has nothing to do all with right. what we're talking about. Good God, this show is a mess. <laughs> and it's the UFC's fault. It's not even our fault. Usually it's our unpreparedness that really that is usually kicks what, us right in the balls. <laughs> what handicaps Right the now, the right UFC now is just messing with us. That's not it. So UFC wants to have this fight with GSP and Nate Diaz yes. in the lightweight division for Correct. an interim title? I assume. I would assume. We don't have because, a champ, do we? Because uh, on that card, there is no title fight. So an interim championship fight, sure. <laughs> Why not? Who is our lightweight champion right now? Is Khabib legitimately, or was that an interim thing? Well, no, you're the off? one who's saying he's not the one true king. I've already said he. But... He is okay. Well, Khabib, no, I'm uh, sorry. My apologies. So sorry, you've I, got. I do speak about this in different ways. The UFC recognizes him. Correct. Okay. Uh, you have, uh, you do have a title fight. It's Dillashaw and Garbrandt too is at the top of that card right now. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if I want to see this fight. I mean, I'll watch it, I guess. I want to see Nate Diaz back in the cage. You think Diaz wins this? Because GSP beat his brother, right? <laughs> yes. Well, I don't know. Where, what's no, the, no, no. I you're always that, asking about the damn story. No, no, no. I love, no, I love that we're going to go straight Shakespearean, and we're going to talk about Romeo and Juliet. Well, and that he beat oh, come his, on. He and beat his brother, and now Those, those exactly dudes are that. running around screaming 209. That's the most Shakespearean thing in the UFC, <laughs> is these brothers it certainly is. that are in each other's corners. I mean, the only thing that would be better is if at some point they end up having to fight each other so, for the throne of Diaz. For the record, uh, if you thought UFC 224 is bad, this is what we have on tap for 227. We've got Dillashaw Garbrandt, two women I've never heard of, Buren and Candare, Ramos versus Kang. I believe you just, you got a Mortal Kombat um, so all that to say, playing game on, your, on Saturday, on your August 4th, the likelihood of needing both men on this card is pretty apparent. Um, so, yeah. OK, but here's here's a very interesting thing, too. And this this can tell you why UFC may think this ESPN plus deal is great. Let me sh I want to read you the title of the article that ESPN now in bed with the UFC has put for this fight. Why GSP versus Nate Diaz makes complete sense for the UFC. Written by our dear friend, Jeff oh Wagenheim. Gosh. Was it Jeff Wagenheim? It is, yes. Oh, okay, to be fair, articles are not always headlined by the writer. Yes. So I have no idea if the content matches that headline. That well, headline cracks my ass up, though, it, it, because as soon as, like, financial interest, complete sense. What they're doing makes amazing sense. Yes. It's, the, it's the best fight they could make. It's the best fight. It's the greatest fight. It's huge. It's huge. It is all that. Um, do you want, I mean, yes, you said you'd pay for it. Do you want to see it? Like the thing, you know. No, I you, said, yes, I'd want to see it. I don't know if I'd pay for to, it. To use your Luke Thomas example, he's been, he's been super old man all week talking about how um, we can't pretend that this fight makes any sense in this division because it doesn't. It's complete. Complete sense, according to ESPN.com's headline. That is that is freaking hilarious. Zero sense. 
they're not even hiding it over at ESPN. What? Yeah. Oh, we got to deal with them? Yep, complete sense. Complete this sense. insane fight makes complete sense. Don't forget $4.99 a month, and you can see all the archives yeah. of all the GSP and Diaz it's Brothers like, fights you want. All I hear in my head is Maui and Moana when they're climbing up the side of the rock going, eight years old, can't sail, perfect cho- you know, perfect choice to rule yeah. the world of the ocean. Um, I just hear Mickey on a mind go, more money! <laughs> Disney's so, loving this. Yeah, but... So you've got a guy in Nate Diaz who easily could be in title contention just by showing back up at 155, mm-hmm. right? And then you're going to take a guy who walks around at 192 pounds, never fought, never, guys, not not ever fought mm-hmm. at 155 pounds in his professional career, which is now 15 years into it, um, wants to come down to 155, the weight is the thing too. I'm actually I'm trying to glance a little bit at Wagenheim's thoughts here just so I can be fair about it. The weight is the thing that's throwing anybody who watches MMA off. And yep. you know what? To be fair, maybe that's not the thing we should be worried about. Because I mean, I think In a year like this, this is not what we should this feels like the only thing we should be worried about. Well, in a year like this, they need to make money. If if you would have said But hey, if he can't make it to the fight, Kevin Lee, you know, right. you're gonna have a problem. Fair enough. The actual weight is the reason, though, it doesn't seem like it makes sense. Making the weight, cutting the weight, yes, concerned. But if you were just to say, hey, you know what? Remember when uh, GSP smashed Nick? Nate's going to come back for vengeance, and they're going to fight at 175 or 170 would be, or 185. Okay. Exactly. The weight is what's really weird about this. And I've got to think, and I know you're worried about him making weight, I've got to think the reason GSP wants to do it is he has to have lost weight or he really hated fighting at 185. Well, so I, I think three things. One, he didn't fight, want to fight Robert Whitaker, so he, you know, he's not going back there, even though he feels good enough to fight at one seventy. No, at one eighty five. One eighty five. Right? That's where he won the belt, relinquished the belt because right. okay. he was suffering with the uh, colitis. Now feels better, wants to fight. Doesn't want to fight at one eighty five, which is where he should go to your point to justify the title. Certainly doesn't want to go fight Woodley because he's not even entertaining 170. Now wants to go to 155, and this is why it doesn't make sense. It's not necessarily the number. It's the story. You're taking a guy in Nate Diaz who is a contender in a very busy, very competitive division and going, all right, let's have you fight this guy that has nothing to do with anything going on at 155 just for giggles. But you, but you did know that he was going to pull a big opponent when he comes back after fighting Conor McGregor twice. My point is it's not at 170 because if he wins in Nate, Nate doesn't necessarily want to stay at 170 and might have reason to have to if he beats GSP. And GSP, I don't think, wants it at 170 because his next step would be he has to fight Woodley, and I don't think he wants to do that. I think Woodley is one of those guys, well, Woodley or Wonderboy, like those are guys at the top of that division that GSP wants nothing to do with. Okay, so opponent-wise makes some sense. I don't know about complete sense to ESPN, but what you've just said there also leads me to what could be some of the UFC's thinking. I don't know if this is what they're thinking, but you. Uh, I, let's, I hope you're thinking what I'm thinking. Let's do the quick picks on the fight. GSP Diaz. At 55? 55. GSP if he makes the weight. Really? Yes. Well, blows my theory out of the water. Okay, what's your theory? I thought that was going to be an easy Diaz pick. You just assume that that dude's been crushing it and he was so competitive with Connor. Beat him once. Uh, here's what I'm thinking. You get Diaz in there. Diaz, if he's able to beat GSP, 
We'll make it a little bigger if now. I didn't think it was as big of an if as you are, which will make things interesting as we get closer to the fight. If you get Diaz in there, he wins a lightweight fight against the former champion, even though it's not at that division. You've got a pretty good fight there without having to worry about a guy who's chucking dollies at buses in Khabib and Diaz. I think yep. a lot of people would pay for that fight. But you've got more money in GSP and McGregor. You do. And you could still do that. Not off a loss, you can't. You can't do GSP off a loss to no. the guy that beat McGregor? No. I think that's the only guy you can do it with. I, the guy I, that beat McGregor. Okay, I, but my I guess I'm speaking on behalf. Not but on we behalf, don't know but, when Connor's coming back. Okay, pretend pretend none of that stuff is in, in play. If I'm the organization, that's exactly what I want to have happen. I want GSP to beat Nate Diaz. And Nate can go, okay, well, he was 212 pounds and came down and fought me. I'm still a contender at 55. He's not a natural 55-er. He can go on and do his thing. Meanwhile, Connor shows back up and wants big money fights. That's way bigger than Khabib. Way bigger than Kevin Lee. Way bigger than Tony Ferguson. Okay, but are we taking that out of it or not? Because if we're not, if we're taking that out of it, you got to kind of try to make the money now and move forward. Well, DSGSP is a money fight. Right, but that's what I'm saying. And that money fight could lead into another money fight if Diaz wins. You've got pro- – without Conor McGregor, I think Diaz Nurmagomedov is probably one of the biggest fights UFC can make. Yeah, 100%. But you saw this week that Conor's back in the gym. You saw him trying to make amends this week with Rose, and I get that she said no, but he's clearly on a path to do something. And if he's coming back – He's already been stripped from the title, so he doesn't need to defend anything. Right. He doesn't necessarily need to be a number one contender. His modus operandi is big money, and big money at 155 is certainly GSP over all of those guys. Well, it, then you've got a plan for both winners. Either guy wins. You've got a decent plan, I so think, moving draw, ahead. Then? <laughs> UFC's luck, yep. A five-round draw with a split <laughs> round of some sort because of a point deduction. Just some insanity. That's exactly what would happen because you've got (laughs) I think we've laid out two bigger fight scenarios for UFC, depending on who would win that fight. So if we talked ourselves into that fight, making sense, I still I mean, does it make sense for them? Of course, it makes sense for them. Um, But what about for the UFC? It's that weight class that's throwing you off, isn't it? Because there's so much going on there. You need more attention at once. You don't need any help at 155. I think you do. No, I disagree with you. I think you need help at 155 because you need to. That's one of the divisions that's the opposite of what you talked about with DJ and you talked about with Amanda Nunez. That's a division I don't know what the hell's going on. And there's a lot of guys, like you've said, that could win uh, in that division. And it wouldn't surprise anybody if somebody came out of like the number seven or eight spot in that division and beat a guy like Khabib Nurmagomedov. I, you know, it'd be somewhat surprising, but it's not totally crazy. Ally Quinta's number eight when he fights him, and he takes him five rounds. So I think you need some clarity in that division, and I think one of those guys could bring it. Nate Diaz could nef- definitely bring it. And, you know, that way if Tony comes back, we don't have to book Tony Khabib again. I, lo- <laughs> I love that we're in this world where you, you think that bringing GSP to 155 clears up. He wins, and it's kind of a mess. I'll give you that. <laughs> I, but if he wins, you can kind of have him and Connor do their own thing at 155 and still not mess with the division too much. Or you can have him fight Khabib unless he wants to hop again. Maybe eventually, this is what DJ's rooting for. Eventually, 
GSP is going to just want to keep losing weight to avoid fighters. And then one day we'll finally have that flyweight dream match we wanted between Demetrius Johnson and GSP. That have been only been able to play on UFC 3. I'm not <laughs> impressed with your performance. It's your little light man weight. So there you go. Uh, other things this weekend, you get the final round. Final. Final introductory round to the heavyweight tournament. Are we still doing that? Tour with Ryan Bader and King. Boy, Mo. by the way, because we missed a week, I was entirely wrong. Whew. Man, Frank nice Mir got scalped. Nice to have Fedor back, by the way. Is he back, though? Oh, he's totally back. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry. And you know Coker's payroll now? It's totally makes the most sense. <laughs> Oh, first of all, you've just spent 20 minutes talking about how you're making sense of this 155 deal. You tell me right now, because we have not talked since that fight happened, that you're not over the moon about Fedor and Chael no, Sonnen. No, that's fun. I, I, I literally tweeted that out. And that's so. Then shut up that you no. don't care that Fedor's back. <laughs> I do. Fedor, well, you when no, when everybody else on the internet is like Fedor's back. Fedor is. They did you think see that thing? They think he's going to rail through like the he UFC heavyweight took division. Frank Mir's soul. He's going to lose to him. Chael Sonnen. He is. He's going to lose to Chal Sonnen. I'm telling you that right now. What are we betting on this? Let one? me be the first to tell what you. What are we betting? Because this one I'm going to bet on. King Mo's crown. How do I get a hold <laughs> of it? I don't know. <laughs> Can I win it in Fortnite? How do I don't might know how be, to do this? Might be on eBay after this weekend. <laughs> you think he's going to lose? Oh, I don't know. Now, here's my question. Ryan Bader's the light heavyweight champion, though, too, right? In Correct. Bellator? Yes. Is this a championship fight? But no. still in the Grand Prix? No. Well, because I, I I just grabbed the rundown real quick, and they got King Mo listed at 204. What kind of mess would that cause if your champion loses to a guy who weighed in at your weight class? Huh. <laughs> Bellator, <laughs> causing consternation on Eric's face since 2011. <laughs> what? I guess we'll just wait for weigh-ins, and if they both weigh in at like 215, 220, we'll know. Yeah. But that I just I just thought about that. I forgot my apologies, Mr. Bader. I forgot you were actually the champion at the lightweight division. Because they can't be fighting it. They might fight at heavyweight. Is heavyweight minimum? I've I always I never two oh six is the minimum. So yeah, they can't be lighter than that. Correct. Because I remember who was it, Dan Henderson? Said he basically had to rocks in his pocket one time to get a fight done. Yep. Because uh, you can't come in under that. Man, if so, these guys no, both come in at like 206, 207, and then your champ loses, and you were only two pounds off your division. Right. Uh-oh. Bad look. Anyway, that's going on this weekend. Um, and then the other very strange. You know what's funny? I'm actually more likely to watch Bellator than I am UFC because that's, again, not going to get my $70. This is what they do better than most is these you know, freak show fights is what they do. It's what they do. This was not even really freak show. It's just part of like the whole freak yes, show. Yes, but it's part of the whole freak show, right? Because now you've got all these other variables out there that you're like, well, what happens if it's Fedor and Ryan Bader? What does that fight look like, right? Like mm -hmm. you, now you get all of this fantasy matchmaking that you don't have in the UFC because there is, it's nonsensical how these things happen. You could be sleeping and you get up and George St. Pierre is moving three weight classes because the internet, right? So right. where in Bellator, you have you have a bracket, and you can look and go, oh, I can make sense of what's going to happen on Sunday morning when this one is done. Yeah. Well, Bellator is always my favorite, too, because you always see, like, Paul Daly on a card and go, God damn, they licensed him again. Yeah, Paul Daly's fighting <laughs> this weekend. And don't forget. Didn't he punch a ref in the nuts? I don't know. He's crazy. <laughs> don't forget. He didn't do that. They also, I don't think. They also have Co-Cop <laughs> and... Um, 
big country are fighting, and that is an alternate fight for this should anything occur. Oh, the, I didn't know about that. For the tournament. It's an alternate fight for the tournament. They got Czech Congo in there against this giant dude I've never heard of. That's going to be fun. This is what I'm saying. They do it better than most. So um, Javi Ayala. But here's what's interesting is the the viewership numbers for all of these are, are not great. So, you know, how long Bellator gets to do Bellator things, I don't know. But they do this part better than most. On the Paramount Network. Ah, the Paramount, which might be the problem, right? I don't know what the problem is anymore. <laughs> it's cord cutters like you that are the problem. It, yes. You wanted everything a la carte, and now you start bitching about five bucks for ESPN+. Plus. I'm not bitch. I at no point in the last you 45 and your millennial minutes, friends. At no point, thank you for that. But at no point in the last I said 40 friends, I didn't say you. <laughs> <laughs> at no point in the last 45 minutes have I bitched about the five dollars. I more said, if you're going to shut down Fight Pass, now's the time to tell us or tell us what you're going to do with it. So now's the time for me to know where am I putting my money because I do turn it on and turn it off as things are interesting. But if I'm going to cut my cost in half, and all of the cool stuff's going to be on ESPN+. But that's Plus. not until 2019, and, I, they, and they, don't want, they don't want the conversation of the price point. Because, and I'll be what honest. Other, I mean, in this product, what's the other cost? I mean, the but, conversation point. No, but here, here's the, the... That Amanda Nunes and Raquel Pennington's worth $70? Is that what we want to talk no. about? Okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, you would immediately go, why are you charging nine ninety nine and they're charging four ninety nine? And I think that's not an invalid question, but there's a lot more metrics and a lot more... There's infrastructure and streaming and all of this stuff that ESPN could probably do a thousand times cheaper than the UFC's had to pay to do. There's it. all of that, but I wasn't. That's not where I was going. So thank you for doing that. Where I was going is not that. Why are, are you twice as expensive? Mine is Fight Pass is a terrible experience, and all I want, <laughs> all, all I want to do is watch the fights. So if you're telling me that all the fights and all the archives are going to this thing and it's five bucks, I might stay in it longer if you just tell me what's actually going on, as opposed to doing this obtuse press release that does exactly what you just said goes we're half the price of current ufc fight pass <laughs> i just like it i break it down infrastructure wise streaming this could be this yeah but it just sucks it sucks a lot there's a giant boner in its mouth ken <laughs> i did not say that either that's what it felt like okay and on that note, you can follow along with the results this weekend. Know that we won't be watching UFC 224, but we'll give you the results. Our Twitter retweets as well as anybody else. Um, and you can follow along on Twitter at WOW Show or on Facebook at WOW Show. I am Eric Hulkerin. That is Ken Evans. And this is Way of the Warrior.